Side Bet Podcast. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Lafitte Pinkai, Jonathan Kinchin, Jovanina Kinchin, our esteemed producer, Terrence Theji. Uh, how long have I known you, Gene? Three years? Four years? Why am I finding out today that I've been mispronouncing your first name for three slash four years? I honestly, I'm not sure if you've called me by my full name. I feel like you've always only called me G. But that's also, that's that is my. That's what I'm. That's what I'm leaning on. I just call you G. I mean, people pronounce my name so many different ways, and I've just trained myself to let it happen. So, I mean, people call me Gina sometimes. I just I don't correct them any longer. I'm so tempted to pass along the story. Of when Jonathan learned how to say her name properly, but I won't. <laughs> but I gotta be honest, though. I, I I gotta be honest. If of the ways to mispronounce her name, uh, Giovanina is the best way to mispronounce it, rather than like the, my favorite is when people try to like trim it down to something that's not it. Like, oh, hey, Gia. Whoa, we've never done that before. We've never done Gia ever. They like to do that one. Um, so my favorite, what, what do they call me? Sometimes they call me, uh, they don't call me JK. People come up to me and, and say, Hey, uh, JT love you on TVG. <laughs> You're JT. I let it. I let that slide. <laughs> You're JT for the rest of the show. <laughs> See, you need a simple name like mine. You need a simple every day, a name that you hear, like, you know, very common. You need an easier name like mine. Siri would disagree. Because Laugh. when Laugh I use, I use Siri to call I, I, you, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laugh <laughs> it. Pin K. I, I, I. <laughs> this is going way off the rails. JK has called me in the past and like, I don't have anything to say. I just wanted to hear Siri say your name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gearing up, guys. It's, it's like, how do we get here? Uh, week 14 of the NFL season. Uh, before we look ahead, let's rewind. Last week. JK, where did you feel that JT, like, where were you, where, where, where did you, where were you wrong versus being unlucky? I think that's important. Yeah. You know, I mean, there wasn't a lot of unluckies last week. I mean, I think, you know, throughout these, these shows, I think we'll point out some of the times that you're unlucky. I think that being resource results oriented and gambling can be a mistake. I think you have to have a process, believe in the process and not to let one, not let one result kind of throw you off. And I think it's kind of good to look back in those situations. Uh, the Eagles and the 49ers under, I was wrong. I mean, I look, I, uh, the stuff that I, my, my power rankings kind of led it to look like it should have been an over, but I had kind of outsmarted myself thinking it was going to be under and it was absolutely over. Um, the, the chargers, I guess we can say we were right about them. Man. Although really we were only right because the Patriots suck that bad. Um, you they know, I, I wouldn't shut out and they only, like I saw, I thought it was going to be six and a half and I was like, they're going to get shut out and cover. It was, well, yeah, it, it, it did take a dip late. Um, and, and in fact, my, my wonderful wife sitting next to me was the one who told me that it was down to four and a half. So she's clearly paying attention. It, it did take a, it take a, it took a hit late. Um, the, the one that I think that I was probably the most wrong about that I want to make sure I get out is the Jags chiefs teaser idea. They both lost, um, which was a problem. And then Oregon, 
uh, trying to kind of go opposite of the obvious with that Washington line being plus nine and a half and Oregon um, being, being such a big favorite there. Um, so, you know, and then I guess we should also give G some credit about Purdue yeah. not deserving. And then the next night they lost to uh, Northwestern, who was unranked. Like, gee, you, you smoked out that fraudulent number one. Like, and we saw like, the very next night after recording, they got knocked off. Just ask Jonathan. I'm always right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I, I just want to bring up two points where Edie still had like 35 points, um, which is insane, but they did lose to Northwestern. And I still firmly believe that they don't deserve to win a national championship. But the other thing I was read about is how Dolphins, the Dolph- Miami Dolphins are the coolest team and most likely my favorite team because they did a roller coaster celebration after a touchdown. <laughs> That was pretty sweet. Was that was pretty, awesome. It was, that, was, that was pretty sweet. Uh, and I, honestly, I secretly think that uh, I secretly think, you know, you, we all know our partners, right? So we were laying in bed the other night watching uh, Hard Knocks. And I secretly think that my wife has a crush on Jalen Phillips. I'm not 100% sure. She kind of got a little giddy, also got a little closer to me. I think she might have a crush on Jalen. Has anybody seen that man's butt? Like men have crushes <laughs> that are heterosexual have crushes on Jalen Phillips. I, I'm waiting. To, yeah, I'm staying. I'm staying clear. I, 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 knew I had a whole conversation about my, my makeup today on a broadcast. So yeah, I'm not I'm <laughs> man up in some capacity here. Uh, Terrence, uh, quickly reaction and uh, Niners, Eagles. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Niners established themselves as the best team in the NFC, but uh, with a little asterisk, the Eagles didn't lose much. And Lafitte, I know you're on to that. The Eagles are still right there with San Francisco. And we'll find out a lot this week when they take on the Cowboys on Sunday night. But there's no reason to think that the Eagles aren't going to be there in the NFC Championship or at least late into the NFC playoffs and possibly in a second consecutive Super Bowl. The overreaction is just that I, I want David Carr, a former number one overall pick, the first ever draft pick by the Houston Texans when they were establishing themselves as a franchise, went on. I mean, everybody has a right to their opinion. He's saying that if the Eagles are going to contend this year, they, they need to they need to roll with Marcus Mariota. Like Jalen Hurts is the front runner for the MVP last week, and now we're benching him. For Marcus Mariota, I feel as confident as ever in the Eagles. I thought they lost very little. I thought they were right to the picking. We discussed that gauntlet they were going through facing Kansas City, facing Buffalo, the fact that they were on the field for 90-plus plays against the Bills. Look, the defense is bad. The secondary is suspect. But the Niners aren't that much better than the Eagles. And I, I am interested, though, JT, to see how they respond in the now the fourth team in this gauntlet, this murderer's row for the Eagles on their schedule facing the Cowboys on Sunday night. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I wish I had a better feel for the Cowboys because I am I, I, I am going to go ahead and say that I'm anti-Eagles. And for a couple of reasons. One, you know, the Eagles had zero turnovers in that game. Um, they, they still they had basically the same amount of first downs converted as the 49ers. They were 50% on third down, and they still got blown out. 
And for me, that's a little bit of a problem. Like, you know, you'd, you'd like to see a, you know, a short field for the 49ers because the Eagles turned it over on a fumble backed up on their own end zone, but it wasn't really the case. The Eagles just didn't really play that well. And, and my concern is, I'm sorry, they did play. They didn't play that bad and they still lost. My concern, I think, is that when it comes to someone like, like Jalen Hurts, who I think is at least a question is a questionable passer. Let's not forget he got benched to Tua when he was in college. He was never an unbelievable passer. And the Eagles were were giggled at when they drafted him because he wasn't a great passer. They found a niche with him in, in running the football and, and, and making, you know, uh, defenses account for him and what he did. You know, I think if you play a talented defense with all the film that they now have on him, I think people are going to start good teams will be able to kind of contain him a little bit, make him throw the ball. And I don't trust that he's good enough to be able to carry that through to get to the Super Bowl. It's a good football team. They were eight and one at one point. I understand that. Um, if it was anyone else but the Cowboys, who I think are like the biggest joke organization in professional sports, I would try to play against them. That's our guy he's talking about, G. Jalen Hurts. I know. I just one question. Is he a good passer or no? <laughs> I know you said it like seven times. He's not. He's just not. He's not. He's not great. He's not great. All right. Well, we'll table that and agree to to disagree. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. It's always good Dallas and in, in, in Philadelphia and to see how the the Eagles respond and and Dallas's defense just got ripped to shreds by by Geno. Um, yeah, certainly the the game of the game of the week and the most intrigue I think in terms of shaping this uh, chase for a number one seed in the NFC. Another thing, Jonathan, is is I don't have the data in front of me to suggest that, wow, the injuries, it seems like we say every year, wow, the injuries are pot. But in particularly the quarterback position that is just taking a beating and guys taking snaps that you never heard of or you didn't imagine would be playing on contenders at this stage of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, we've, we've determined, and to my point about Jalen Hurts, this is a pass-first league, a quarterback-driven league. It's been turned into that with the rules in terms of contact down the field on receivers and how they're protecting the quarterbacks in terms of contact. It's a quarterback-driven league, and if you don't have your starting quarterback, the drop-off between the starters and the backups is significant. There's there's 12 teams, maybe 10. We'll see what happens with uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and a couple of others when it comes to playing this week. I mean, there's 12 teams, This uh, the, the, and, and this is all T who, who came up with this. I don't want to take credit for it. 12 starting quarterbacks that were not opening week starters that are likely going to play this weekend. And, um, and, and look, if you look at the list of those 12, there's only one team that has a significant chance to make the playoffs. That's the Jaguars. And it looks like Trevor Lawrence has at least a chance to play. Uh, outside of that, the Steelers, 61% chance of making the playoffs. That was prior to last night's game. So that obviously that number went down. The Colts, who no one fears, 60% chance of making the playoffs. Everyone else outside of the Browns, 69%, are, are all way below that. This is a quarterback first league. And I don't think there's really anything to this. Um, three of the quarterbacks were because of performance. The rest of them were because of injury. But it, it is it does feel like this is a pretty heavy backup quarterback week at this point in the season. They've done everything they can to protect the quarterback in terms of the rules. You put them in bubble wrap. They are a every you can you breathe on a quarterback and you get flagged. So it's it's 
you know, the quarterbacks are the stars and they drive ratings and it's a quarterback driven league. And understandably, every rule has been put in place to protect him as best as possible. It's just been one of those years. Quickly, Terrence, though, a super Bengal fan who told Jake Browning that he's a right handed boomer assassin. Yeah. And going back to the first segment, we were doing the where were you wrong? I was way wrong on Jake Browning last week. I had no optimism, no hope for not only his performance, but for the Bengals to win. Uh, but he surprised me. But I would challenge anyone that really saw that coming from Jake Browning, because if you watched the week prior against the Steelers, he showed no signs of that. And I don't even think the Bengals coaching staff had faith in him, because uh, if you look at the play calling in the first quarter, they were extremely conservative. And then in the second quarter, decided to open it up and he performed much higher than expectations. And one of the things that's interesting with these 12 starting quarterbacks this week, Eight of them are in head-to-head matchups, and throughout the course of the year, you're going to see these teams that are fighting for those wild-card spots. They're going to have backup quarterbacks versus backup quarterbacks. We thought it was doomsday when Joe Burrow went down for the Bengals, and it may still be, but the Bengals pulled off that surprise win last week. They face a backup quarterback in at least the next two matchups with the Colts and the Vikings, and the Bengals are currently favored in Vegas, not only this week against the Colts, but also the early line against the Vikings next week. Uh, And they have the Steelers coming up later, which might be Mitch Trubisky. Who knows what that situation will be there. And they have the Cleveland Browns to round out the season, which could be someone like Joe Flacco starting. So you're going to see some of these wild card teams that JK listed off all those percentages, but when they're facing other backups, one of them's got to win. Dog, just don't let your team have the wide receiver throw the ball anymore. All right. Call who you need to call. Do what you got to do. Just don't let those guys throw the ball anymore. I, I thought they should have done a halfback pass in overtime. See how it went. <laughs> so bad. Uh, Jonathan, then you have quarterbacks that are healthy. It might be considered the very best in the planet of what they do, Patrick Mahomes. What's going on with this Chiefs offense? What's wrong? Well, I mean, I think that one thing that's wrong is that uh, the best receiver in the league who was once with them um, is no longer with them. And I think that that uh, Tyreek Hill thing is is significant. I think it's changed think a little bit of what they this do. is happening last year. I think that works. That argument works if this is happening last year. I don't know that it works after the year after they won a Super Bowl. Without well, I think it I think it changes their explosiveness, right? Like it changes what we got used to what Patrick Mahomes was. And sure, last year they were still good, but they also had some bumps and bruises along the year last year. They were by no means this dominant team throughout the year. They lost some games they weren't supposed to lose. I'll say this. Is the Chiefs' offense broken? No. Um, they're the fifth best in third down conversions in the past three weeks, and they're the fourth best overall throughout the season. I, I just think it's circumstantial. That's what's great about football. That's why I think it's the greatest team sport out there is because it's 11 on 11, and everybody's position matters, but it also matters what the defense does. If the defense isn't stopping the other team and putting you in bad positions, um, letting the other team get first downs, putting you in long uh, long yardage, long field position. It's, 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 I, I just think that it's circumstantial. I think they're going to be fine. Although it seems as if they're kind of in a lull. I, I still think they're one of the best teams in the AFC and a team that you definitely don't want to line up against in December and January. Joe Benina, you have your finger on the pulse of this sort of thing. The, the Taylor Swift 
and if she's like the Yoko Ono somehow of, of, of our time and destroying the Chiefs with the presence of Travis Scott, like, where are you? Where are you with the Taylor Swiss, Taylor Swift involvement, her relationship with Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs offense? Uh, it's, it's hard because I am not a Swifty. So I do think it affects Travis Kelsey, just like his mom said, but Taylor Swift just got time like person of the year barf. But, and in her, um, interview, she was like, it's so funny how the public thinks that that was my first date was going to a chiefs game to watch him play. Like we were dating. I think they've been dating for longer than everyone knows, obviously, but I also just think that, like I said before, the traveling to see each other, the pressure of what it is to be in like the limelight constantly. And I do think it affects people mentally, physically. You know, Travis Kelsey's still a good player and Taylor Swift is still an amazing artist, but they're, you know, things have changed. I like her. I hate that it's a narrative. I hate that it's a thing. You know how many things these athletes are doing that we know nothing about that probably has much more of an impact on how they perform in any given sport? I will, with Kelsey, him discussing potential retirement, and he does look, he doesn't look, he doesn't look, there is that. It's coincidence, what I would think, but he, he, he is slowing down a little bit. So, Jonathan, how do you, what do you, what do you make of the Bills and Chiefs this weekend with the Chiefs? A point and a half favorite. Yeah, look, I'm always going to take. It, this is funny. It, it's it's you know I, I saw somewhere on the internet uh, some guy saying there's like automatic plays no matter what for for some people. If I can have the Chiefs under a touchdown, I believe in Andy Reid. I believe in in Patrick Mahomes. I will always take them to win under a field goal. Excuse me, not touchdown under a field goal. Under a field goal, I'll always take them. I don't care who they are, who they're playing. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, you're getting value and because they're, they're not thriving like they always have, but you have two people that you can depend on making a lot of decisions, the quarterback and Andy Reid. So uh, I'll definitely take the Chiefs in here. I'm also just like kind of tired of Josh Allen's gig. Like it's like, you know, he, 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 he scrambles his way into first downs because he wasn't confident enough to pull the trigger on the initial read or the second read or the third read. And that works from time to time and it gets him um, into the winner's circle occasionally, but I don't think it'll ever get him a championship. That's who he is. These guys that play that wild man football and it works and they stay healthy and then you pay the guy and then you want him to, Hey, you don't, you don't, don't put yourself in harm's way. Play a safer brand of football. We're going to turn Kyler Murray into a pocket passer. We don't want Jalen Hurts running as much. Josh Allen, go out of bounds once in a while. You can't ask these guys to be something they're not. That's when he is at his best. Uh, I think it's time to hit the pull. For me, I'm hitting the panic button on the Chiefs if they if they come up small again, specifically on the offensive side of the ball against uh, the Bills. Um, Terrence, do you like two Monday night games at the same time? Uh. Not really, no. Um, you know, you can always put up two TVs or, you know, YouTube TV has that split screen or I think ESPN might be offering uh, like a Manning cast where you can watch both games this weekend. But no, I, I like focusing in on one game. I, I'm not even a big fan of the Red Zone channel. It bounces around too much. I like to watch mm -hmm. one game. Uh, if it's not start to finish, at least in chunks. I don't like all the hopping around. 
uh, you get to see more of the flow of the game. So no, I'm not a fan of two Monday night games simultaneously. I'm a fan of when they had them like back to back. I think that maybe week one, it's like a, that one game starts at say seven thirty, the other game at ten thirty. I love that, but not two games simultaneously. Might be headed in that direction. We have Thursday night football and Black Friday football. What if we get more games on Fridays? We'll leave Saturday for college and then Sunday slate, of course, and maybe multiple games on, on Monday. I think there's more action, the more spread out the games are. So those two games, Jonathan, Packers, uh, turning things around, man. I love looking like a real quarterback, six and a half point favorites against the Giants and the Titans against the Dolphins, who – Fascinating to watch on offense and their creativity, but they are playing. This is a complete team with the defense they are playing at the right time of year to be playing that kind of defense. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, we'll start with the Packers and the Giants. I mean, it's it's a peaks and valleys thing for me, um, especially at this high level in the NFL. I, I think that, you know, sometimes it's hard for these guys to kind of get up, show up and play and continue to play um, week in and week out. And I think that when you get a big win like the, the Green Bay Packers did, against the Chiefs, a team that they weren't supposed to beat, you know, sometimes it's a little harder to show up to work the, the next week and, and to and to be coached hard and to to stay focused. And I, I think this is a trap game. I, I'm not going to play it because the Giants are god-awful outside of, you know, I, I do like that uh, Danny DeVito likes chicken cutlets because I'm a fan of chicken cutlets as well, especially uh, marrying into this family. Uh, but I think it's a trap game. I don't necessarily mind two Monday Night Football games uh, – because I think that a lot of times the, the noon slate on Sunday, a lot of games get wasted. Um, you know, if you're just a regular fan who wants to watch good football or watch entertaining football, I think that sometimes you don't get to, you know, you don't get to see a game because you're watching a, a game that's a little bit more um, higher profile. So I don't necessarily mind them switching it around. I'd hate to see them move to, fr to Friday nights. I'll say that. That's a high school football night. And I'd love for, for that to remain that way for, for people all across the country. As far as the Titans and the Dolphins, Lafitte, you're 100% right. The Dolphins are a legit football team. They're explosive on offense, and there's nothing more friendly to a defense than an explosive offense. Because if you are explosive on offense, you're switching the field. You're allowing your defense to not be put in bad positions. Um, you're getting first downs. You're allowing them to rest. Uh, their style is relentless. They have 61 plays over 20 yards. That's third in the NFL. And when you have 61 plays over 20 yards, you're switching the field. I think the Dolphins are legit. And I'm really excited to see what they do. I'd love for them to find a way to get that one seed, to keep the home games in, in Miami um, throughout the playoffs. And, and they have a tough little run here that they're, they're about to go on after this week. But um, I think the Dolphins are really interesting. Tyreek looks like he's going to get that 2,000 yards. He said he was going to get preseason. Gee, Hammett, you're going to throw something at if, if you would throw something at me. I haven't watched any of Hard Knocks. Like, how much am I? What, what am I missing? It's it's so good. It's just such a well-produced show. Um, but also, one thing, and I think this is really a huge motivator for the defense, is that if any of the players get a pick six, they get an ice cream cake. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like but how funny is that and like their big thing is if they get a pick six they start yelling we eat cake tonight and like i think it's just so funny and so cute they do they definitely do things a little bit out of the box in miami but i think it's refreshing to see for the organ like for just the entire nfl like going in a little bit of a different direction it's yeah, also in tyreek 
ice cream cake when you turn eight. I want like a new car if I get a pick six. They speaking probably of, get some sort of, you know, financial compensation, right? Well, I mean, speaking of ice cream cakes, uh, we're not going to be able to give you one, Lafitte, because you're in Oakland, but we can do a quick version of happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday to you. Uh, happy birthday, dear Lafitte. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you. you. Terrence, you are muted, and I think you did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I muted because my kids just walked in, and then I forgot to unmute for the happy <laughs> birthday song. <laughs> I want to hear your kids sing me happy birthday, man. That's what I signed up for. I love you guys. Thanks so much. That's much, much appreciated. The if, if, Gee, what do you think of like a Hard Knocks Saratoga Live, a behind-the-scenes Hard Knocks with our television crew? What do you think? Would that like? How do you think? What do you think the ratings would be like? I've seen the way that you guys party. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm only allowing that if we go back to in-person meetings and those are filmed as well. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. Hell no. We'll, we'll need security. We'll need security for that. That might be the greatest thing that ever like emerged out of COVID. <laughs> so for the in-person morning meetings. All right. So those are the two Monday night games. Um, you were talking about where betting is legalized, Jonathan. Where are you with, I don't know, I feel like it can be emotional. Uh, in-game, where, where are you with in-game betting? Well, I mean, I think that the one cool thing about in-game betting when, when you have access to it is that, you know, sports books uh, take a lot of money in opening situations, opening lines. And, and, and you know, they, they might be in a position where they've got the Chiefs minus three. And no matter what happens, they have to be careful to not expose themselves to getting middled. We talked about that a little bit last week, mm -hmm. but they also just, they have to, there's some math involved in, 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 in protecting themselves. So I think that if you, if you look at in-game wagering, there really is legit opportunities to um, there's legit opportunities to find some value A funny, just a side story. Uh, the one of the founders of this network, Peter Thomas Fornazel, Pete, used to they used to do a lot of in-game betting over in the UK so they would they were they were playing the NFL in the UK and they had like a radio feed they used to listen to um that was more on time than the TV and so while they were playing against a bunch of people in Europe they were getting ahead of positions when interceptions would happen and things like that and they would just go back and forth and trade from side to side it's a game that if you're paying attention to the in-game wagering, you can really get into positions where you can lock in a profit. So, um, but you have to make sure that you have an on-time feed. I know, Terrence, you thought that the early stages of the Philadelphia-San Francisco game last Sunday presented that very opportunity. Yeah, I was, I was a fan of the 49ers going into that game, and the Eagles jumped out to a 6 nothing lead. Uh, but that didn't waver my confidence. So when I saw the line shift and it didn't shift much, but I was able to take advantage of a little bit of a, of a boost and just kind of press my wager on the 49ers there. But to Jonathan's point, I left, I was watching it in JFK airport flying back from New York. And there was at one point I was looking at my phone and the odds switched a little more dramatically than I expected. And I looked up at the TV. I was like, Oh, I bet this guy throws an interception here. And like something, I forget exactly what happened, but something negative happened. And the guy sitting next to me at the bar is like, how'd you know that? It's like, well, the odds just shifted about 30 <laughs> seconds ago. Follow the money, follow the money. Uh, Jonathan, congratulations. Your beloved Longhorns headed to the college football playoff. We have time to, to look ahead to those games as we get closer. Um, Alabama, Michigan in the Rose Bowl. UT Washington in the Sugar Bowl. I, 
I guess the elephant in the room, you have to start with who's not there. Uh, like how did Florida State get screwed or how bad did Florida State get screwed? Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, but somebody was going to get screwed. It, there were three teams, in my opinion, for for two spots. I don't think Georgia was ever really in contention as not being a champion. I think you have to be a champion of your division of your uh, conference. Uh, you know, I think that that goes a long way with the committee. But they couldn't leave us out if they were going to bring Alabama in because we beat Alabama at Alabama. Absolutely. Alabama. Alabama needed to be in after ending Georgia's winning streak and being the champion of what most will agree is the most difficult conference in college football. If Florida State starting quarterback would have been there, I do agree that one of us, whether it be Texas or Alabama, needed to be left out. And I would have been just fine with it being Alabama because we beat them. It, it's never going to be a perfect science. And this year was a great example of it not being a perfect science. But I will say this as a defense to what happened. It sucks. I get it. But I I don't – Who need, like watching TCU get boat raised last year. Florida State is no longer one of the four best teams in the – without their quarterback. I will be much they, more excited as a fan to watch Alabama-Michigan. And you know how else I know this was the right call? They had the live view on the entire Michigan Wolverine football team, coaching staff, boosters, whomever, their reaction when they saw they were going to play Alabama, other than Florida State, was like a big collective, uh-oh. They're not excited. That tells me that the committee made the right decision. Florida State would be a, 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 a double-digit dog against any team in the top six that they would have played. Gene, Terrence, anything to add? My, my only thought is that if Georgia would have beaten Alabama, obviously Georgia would be in, Michigan would be in, Washington would be in. I think the committee may have put Florida State in just as that easy out. You have mm-hmm. four undefeated conference champions of big five conferences. They would have, I think, left Texas out because that's the easy decision to make. Uh, I agree. Obviously, obviously, there's no way to know what they would have done. And I agree with Jonathan. Once you put Bama in, you got to put Texas in. All of a sudden, there's no spots left for Florida State. Really looking forward to this college football playoff, New Year's Day, uh, college football. We, we briefly touched on it at the top, Gene, and, and you told us. And you told us, Purdue, frauds, don't belong on top. Quickly, they fought a couple of days later, defeated by Northwestern. Well done. Thank you. I think just touching on college basketball a little bit, that's, that's, that's my main sport. If the, you know, listeners haven't realized that one yet, but I think that college basketball is very interesting this year. I think that there have been a lot of top 25 losses and it feels like any team or any top 10 team, top five team could go down at any point to unranked teams, to ranked teams, Conference play is always very difficult. So it's just going to be a very interesting season. I'm excited for March. Uh, That time of year, guys. Christmas right around the corner for the sports fan, for gamblers. As we wind the show down, what's on our, what's on our, what's on our wish wish list? Well, I got mine with Texas in the playoff, but I will say this. If you have a gambler in your life, or if you're trying to tell someone who loves you what you want, I've always felt like, at least for me, like getting like books, uh, whether it's a horse racing book or uh, just these books about about gambling to kind of learn more and figure out more about 
this craft and to, and to take it a little bit more seriously than just making it an action thing. Um, I've always, I've never been upset when I've opened up a gift that uh, was, was some sort of educational piece as it, as it, as it were. Final thoughts, G, Terrence, anyone, anything? Uh, Lafitte, got to get your opinion on Shohei Itani. Uh, you may not have seen it because you were on air with ah. America's Day at the races, but the latest news is the rumors are he's heading to Toronto. Nothing official there, but that's the rumor. As a Dodger fan, how does that make you feel? Uh, Toronto being in the mix, I am not as bullish because he won't pitch for a year, and who knows if he'll be the same pitcher once he returns. I am hell-bent on the Dodgers doing what they're leaning on, what they've always done, is a strong starting staff. Um, everything felt like it was Shohei or bust going into the season. The fact that he won't pitch again until 2025, not the end all be all, but no, I don't like it. And I would have liked, you know, everybody else, they're waiting to see what happens with Otani because that'll set the market moving forward. Uh, I believe in this front office, uh, all they do is win, maybe not championships, but all they do is win. Um, and the, the team, you know, they, 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 that, that for me, it's pitching, pitching and more pitching. If they don't get Shohei, but they run, wind up with two frontline starters. Um, the offense isn't the problem. The problem is the pitching. So no, be back. Uh, yes. I want to see him in a Dodger uniform, but quirky guy, nothing would surprise me with him. You gotta think the taxes are going to be a little higher in Toronto. Well, not from LA, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's going to wind up with a Marlins, man, if that's a fact. <laughs> if you really want to show someone you love them, learn how to pronounce their name. <laughs> Start there and everything will be just fine. Thanks for joining us on the Side Bet Podcast. We'll see you next time.